0: This is a Crowd podcast.
1: Hello, I'm Garrett Thomas and I'm Tom Fordyce. and you've just entered the Garrett Thomas Cycling Club brought to you by Zwift, the indoor cycling app. Jump on your smart trainer and jump into Zwift. Closer or welcome Hello, GTCC gang, and happy Friday to you. Now, we've thrown about a few teasers for this, but seeing as it is Sixth Nations season, we are handing you a very special extra bonus episode with All Blacks rugby legend, Richie McCaw. I know. Now, you may remember seeing that G and Richie went on a ride when G was training in New Zealand. G's Armani managed to persuade the legend to have a chat with us too. Richie's got really into his cycling since retiring after winning the World Cup for a second time in 2015. So, have a listen to some of the epic adventures he's been on and see if he managed to persuade G to take on any of his own. Enjoy! We all love coffee, don't we, G? Never do this pod without one, Tom. Or a ride, actually. Yeah, there is nothing better than a quick coffee for a cold winter ride or before hopping on Zwift. So I know we'll both be delighted with the next sponsor of this podcast, Origin Coffee. Also, there is a cheeky discount code we've got for all our listeners. Origin Coffee are one of the leading brands on the coffee scene and they get just how much cyclists love coffee. And get this, Tom.
0: Origin's director of coffee... Freder is a three times UK cup
1: tasting champion. Not once, Garrett, not twice, but three times. That is pretty impressive. Would you like another great fact? All online orders are roasted and shipped the very same day. Super speedy, just how we like it on this podcast. They also have a rewards programme, so customers like you and me can earn points and get cash back every time we shop online.
0: So why not try one of their delicious espresso blends or an interesting single origin coffee? There are so many profiles to try, and all the coffee comes in home compostable bags. So if you want to order some Origin Coffee and get a massive 30% off, just go to origincoffee.co.uk and use the code
1: GTCC30 at checkout. That's the code GTCC30 at checkout. Go and get yours today. Enjoy! Our guest today
0: Tom is, well he's a proper legend, he's won two World Cups as New Zealand captain and to be honest he also pushed me pretty hard on the bike recently in Wanaka and I know we've had a lot of message ask, asking him to get him on the pod so welcome to the GTCC Richie McCaw. Thanks for having us, yeah it's great to chat. Yeah I appreciate you coming on, It's um, but you are, wha, to just be captain, it's over 100 tests you've capped in New Zealand right? Yep just over
2: 100, yeah a well while ago now though.
0: <laughs> a little but it, that says it all though especially the team that won two World Cups on the bounce you know dominated the sport really haven't you for well New Zealand's always been great at rugby but to captain that that's that's not bad is it?
2: Well I, I guess um, you know it is a uh, yeah being, being captain of the All Blacks is a big privilege and um, but we had to go through, you know I was captain in 2007 when we um, got beaten in the quarterfinal and you know, we had a team that was good enough to win. So there was a bit of pain that we had to go through to sort of figure out what was really required. And um, I, I guess the thing is, you know, it's all very well being captain. You can sort of say you did this and, that and the other thing, but you're only as good as, you know, the senior boys you have around you. And we're, I was really lucky to have a really good bunch of guys that you know, we helped each other and were able to, uh, I guess, you know, win those World Cups, but also in between times, you know, still keep the standard, you know, high. So
0: I guess that's something you, you know, reflect on uh, a bit of pride. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, you said it was a while ago now, but like with me especially, it feels like you only remember the really good bits and you kind of forget about all the pain and the hard yards it actually takes to do sometimes. It's, is, do you, have you got that? Or I guess you've probably got the scars to remind yourself, but...
2: Hey, yeah, I, I talk a little bit, you know, to some people about, you know, what you did over your career, and the, there's no doubt that the tough bits, which I just mentioned, the 07, you know, and, and you know, for a little country like uh, New Zealand, when you haven't done what we were hoping to do, and, you know, there's a lot of anticipation about it, it was a pretty tough time, you know, having to come back and be questioned about whether you've got enough, you know, firstly as a team, then as a captain, all those sort of things, but Kinda look back now, and you go, well, that that kind of made you uh, really dial into what we needed to do. So uh, things like that, you know, at the time you'd say, geez, that was pretty horrible. But now you sort of go, I'm almost glad we went through those times hmm. to get the upside, because I don't don't know whether it would. Probably mean quite as much if you hadn't had to sort of suffer your way through some tough bits to understand what it really takes. And I guess, all, you know, you hear a lot of stories about sports people that uh, you know rock up and think they're good enough, and they realise that there's actually something more at the really pointy end uh, that you got to figure out, and you got to go through those tough bits to figure that out. And and in some ways, that's what makes winning special, and that's why I guess the memories I have, the good ones, are. Because you had to, you knew what it was like when you didn't get there.
0: That's so true. So true. I was 32 when I won the tour. Now they went at 21. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mate, I, I know how that feels like when I was starting to finish. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. When I rocked up as a young fellow, especially from a physical side of things, you know, we were always weren't that strong compared to all the rest. You know, you work your way into it. Now, when I was finishing, all the guys were stronger than I ever was uh, at 20. So, you know, like, yeah, that's it. It's a different thing, different beast these days, I know what you mean.
1: I remember, Garrett, I was at Eden Park in for the final in 2011, and the strange thing about that, Richard, and if it felt like this on the inside, but looking around the stands, like the overwhelming emotion from all the Kiwis, it seemed to be relief as much as <laughs> like like mad, whoa, it was like, thank God at last, we've got there.
2: <laughs> I know, well, it kind of felt like that as a player too, like um, when the final whistle went, I was sort of like, I've been thinking about this for four years and uh, I'm meant to be happy now and uh, I'm just standing there just going, that cry, that's over, you know, um, and I think most, like, I I, talk, I actually think the place, the better place to be was actually out in the field where we could do something, you know, all my friends and family, you know, they, they didn't watch the game, they were sitting there, their head in their hands just going, what's going to happen if we don't get across the line and... It sort of hit home to me the next day. We had a um, they had a parade in Auckland downtown Auckland. there was a hundred odd thousand people turned up, and I remember standing there going, "I'm not sure what these people would be thinking right now if we hadn't <laughs> had one <it laughs> yesterday. There would have been riots or something. I don't know." But um, yeah. It wasn't the prettiest game, and it wasn't. We didn't play as well as we could have. All those sort of things, but uh, you know, we got tested to the max and uh, had to, f- you know, figure out a way that we, we couldn't do four years earlier. And I guess, in some ways, I'm I'm glad it was like that because we sort of got to figure out whether we could. But um, yeah, <laughs> so many people. Oh, and, and the other the other thing I was going to say, I watched the game maybe a week or two later. And it was horrible watching when you knew the score, let alone because you could see all the things where just to, for the bounce of a ball or, you know, something could have gone the wrong way. It could have been a different story.
1: I love the fact, Garrett, as well, that with all these big sporting victories, you try and plan the hell out of them and you think you've worked out every eventuality. And then in your final, here, 2011, suddenly the fourth choice fly half is coming on in what looks like a crop top with his belly sticking <laughs> out because he's been fishing.
2: Yeah, I think that's, that's one of the things you learn is uh, and 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 I always uh, remember you know people in military talk about that you know it's all we well have plans but when when things happen you've got to be able to adapt if you stand there sort of put your hands in the air and say that's not fair that's not the way it's meant to be well no one cares the next day it's it's the people that can adapt and and you know deal with what's thrown at them and, and I th- I think that's one of the big learnings I had was um, you know we had. You know, four years earlier had injuries and a few things that we just sort of go, well, that's unfair." You know, we didn't deserve that. But you know, sport doesn't believe in fairy tales. It's uh, it's who delivers when it counts. And uh, and I guess that's the thing that I got intrigued by and driven by was, you know, if we can handle whatever's thrown at us and be good enough, um, that that's what really makes it satisfying. And you don't don't expect to have your fourth choice number 10 out there in a final but uh, that's what the card we got dealt and that's what we had to deal with and we were just lucky we had a had a fourth choice 10 that had played 20 odd tests and was a hell of a good guy and you know there was no bitterness about missing out he just turned up and was like right how do I help
0: fair play the one thing I was going to ask was about the pressure because as you said New Zealanders you know everyone thinks rugby you think of New Zealand and the hacker I think you know it's just that's they go hand in hand and uh so the, the fans, the media, there must be so much scrutiny in what you do, and so much pressure off the field. Like, is that was that the hardest thing? And, and in a way, do you miss any of that pressure? Uh, um,
2: I, I think you can look at it two ways. Like I, I remember probably early on, you know, um, the excitement of coming to the All Blacks and playing with the All Blacks, and you realise that it actually feels like a big weight on the back of your, sh- you know, on your shoulders, and. You can easily let that get on top of you when there's a bit of criticism or things don't go your way. You can sort of, you know, uh, look at it the wrong way. And and we we sort of we got to a point where things hadn't gone so well, you know, not long after I started. And we we're like, how do you change how you look at it? And I was actually going, well, if if, if New Zealanders didn't care what how the All Blacks went, well, we'd be pretty, pretty disappointed about that. It was just because people really cared and loved watching the All Blacks play and wanted to see them successful. And, you know, you see that as a as a great thing, and and um, and because you know, uh, media and that want to talk about the All Blacks every day. That allows us to um, do what we do, and you know, do it as a job. So you, you you can switch it around pretty quickly and go. Actually, having that pressure and and getting to pull on that black jersey is a privilege, and and there's a responsibility that comes with it. And and so we sort of tried to change that round and 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 get excited by that chance. And. Um, so that that I, I think those things sort of helped. It didn't make it easy at times because certainly, uh, you know, you knew every single week you you couldn't have an off day. You had to go and perform, and the expectation was that. Um, but we, we kind of had that within the team that we, uh, you know, that there was there was no sort of excuses to turn up and just go. Oh, it's okay today if we don't get the job done. So um, we sort of drove that within um, and. And in some ways, when you have more success, you, you, perhaps, you know, they want to knock you off even more. And, and that kind of drives even more. So it was sort of one of those uh, ones that sort of, you know, that pressure and intensity and, and wanting to uh, make sure you'd be on the job every week. I, I think in, by the time I finished, that's the bit I was sick of. But that's also the bit I loved. And that's the bit I miss. So I, I love that fact that, you know, everyone wanted to come and get you and, and we had to perform to our best, but when you've done it for 15 years, it was just like, man, I've probably had enough of that. And now I look back and I don't miss the actual playing of the game, but I miss that that feeling of, oh man, you know, I'm a little bit on edge, What's what's the opposition going to throw at us this week? Are we going to be on the job? And, you know, just that feeling of not quite sure but like you when know, I went for a ride with you the other day I was not quite <laughs> sure what you're gonna do to me <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I was the same Tom so the day before I had quite a big effort day whatever and then that morning I was like oh don't have any food in the house I had a quick coffee and I was like ah oh, be all right I'm just meeting Richie and and his mate I didn't realize he was an Olympic gold medalist rower but Anyway, and um, I was like, Yeah, we'll just have a little, I don't know, two, three hour ride, and then I'll ride off to Queenstown, which was like 70k away. Oh, mate, they you were you go, you boys, you're team <laughs> teaming nice me. I, I was like, I was riding yeah, in, to be fair, family. we're having a turn each, so uh, yeah,
2: but uh, I think you'd just been nice. It was uh, it was a good, it was, it was great to get out and about
1: for a ride. When did you first get into riding your bike Richie was it when you were still playing rugby or was it something that happened after uh,
2: Oh not a lot when I was playing I, I, like I quite enjoyed a little bit of cross training and stuff you know as a chance to l- l- lighten up on the legs um, but I didn't do a lot I uh, when I f- well actually when I finished playing I the I, I kind of knew there was something that I needed to do to you know keep me motivated to first of all keep fit and not blow up like uh, some ex sportsmen <laughs> do um, <laughs> But also, you know, what we were just talking about, you know, that edge or that something that just puts you a bit uncomfortable, I kind of knew that there was something I needed to fill that space with. And there was, um, a, uh, there was a race called the God Zone, which is about a seven-day adventure race. Um, they run every year in New Zealand. And um, so there's a multi-disciplined, goes, yeah, pretty much you start, and you just keep going to your stop, sleep when you need to, you just keep moving and transition between mountain biking, trekking, Rafting, kayaking And um, a mate of mine had done it the year before And I got a bit intrigued by it And he said, "Oh, when you finish, we'll uh, do it eh? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah no, I'll be keen And um, unbeknown to me, just before I finished He had entered us And uh, ah. so the day I finished, he said We're doing it, this was in October We're doing it in April I was like, shit, i five months now <laughs> To get myself sorted <laughs> So I pretty much was home from the World Cup uh, in 2015. I'd been home a week and done all the partying. I was like, man, I better get training again. So I <laughs> ended up having a, more, a lot more training for that five months than I'd never done. To, and I just I love that uh, that side of it. So I guess I got got into that you know endurance sort of stuff. And and I've. And then there's a there's a race I'm doing next week that um, goes from one side of the country to the other called the Coast to Coast. So it goes from oh, the West Coast it. to South Island to coast. Famous Coast to um, Coast, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm doing that uh, next week, and that involves uh, three, three road bike stages, which is a, I think it's a 55, a 15, and a 70, along with a mountain run and a kayak. So it's a bit of a something to train for and i quite enjoy it and i got a few mates that are right into it so like i when i was playing i, I swore i'd never wear lycra but uh <laughs> amazing what happens when you turn up with the right crowd hey eh? you get a full kit on and off you go <laughs>
0: that's mad though because like having actually been there now and seen the scenery and stuff i can see why you would want to do that because the thing that would put me off is the lack of sleep though because i still like my seven to eight hours of sleep a night but yeah, like wow, the scenery down there, those roads and hills, like riding up and down wow, it, be mega, mega, something like that.
2: We are pretty lucky uh, with you know a backyard we've got, and um, and as I said before, that race, like it's through the big mountains, and it's it's pretty much they give you checkpoints that you you're on a map and compass and off you go, and it's places I would never probably normally go, so um, it's pretty cool. What's the hardest bit of it? Uh, the hardest bit of it is, is things like lack like of sleep. Like you can't actually train for that. And and you're with a team of four, so you go through different patches where you're sort of, a, like there's patches where you just go, get me out of here. Like why do I ever think of doing this? And hmm. in some ways that's the reason you want to do it is to see whether you can hang
0: in there. Are the boys around you supportive for that then or are they just like, oh, come on mate, you're slowing us up now.
2: Oh, um, no, nah, they're pretty good because... Everyone has patches where you're slowing mm. each other up. So, yeah, it's sort of, uh, you, you don't get a lot of sympathy. It's just like, give me your bag and carry on. And they're mixed teams too. So, um, like, uh, when you got to hand your pack over to the girls because uh, they're charging and you're battling, like, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's a pretty, it can be pretty humbling.
0: One thing I was going to ask, though, so everyone knows about Australia and, like, wildlife and, you know, spiders and snakes and... Is there any of that stuff that can kill you here in New Zealand? We're really lucky there's nothing. Oh, and there's,
2: wow. Even the Aussies come and see us walk through lo- long grass and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And they go, no, nah, <laughs> we'll be good. We're, we're so lucky. There's, yeah, you might get mosquitoes that give you a few insect bites, but that's about the worst of it. So, yeah, pretty lucky. Oh,
0: that's all right then. I, yeah. I, I had a big spider in our bathroom last night, actually, down in Rotorua. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> is this deadly or what?
2: <laughs> no, you get away. No, I was out. looking for I a brush
0: or something like just things. You worry if
2: you're in Australia
1: and you saw one of them I'd suggest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, that's all good then. Yeah, yeah. Could you enjoy cuz it's spectacular, the coast to coast, it's famous around the world Richie that race, isn't it? And the the scenery is spectacular. Were you able to enjoy any of that or did you still have your sort of elite sport head on where you were just head down, speed, finish line?
2: When you're training, like we do, a run through the mountain run and stuff, like I, I, that's the times you try and um, appreciate the scenery. And it get when it gets real tough, and you know you go, man, you just look around, and you go, actually, this is not a bad place to be. But I still get pretty competitive. I'm doing it with um, a fellow Nathan Cohen, who we went riding with us. He's a um, Olympic uh, rower, and he's a bit like me. You know, you get you sort of say we're just going for a cruise out today, and it just gets. Hmm faster and faster and uh, you know the competitive juices are still there so um you know i'm picking even though we there's a there's a two-day category and there's a you can do it in one day we're just doing the two-day um so it's, it's slightly easier but there's still a bit of com- competitiveness there i tell you
1: i've seen footage at the of the end of the race g i don't know if this is still the same richie so it finishes on the beach in christchurch doesn't it does it yep. finish with a ridiculous after all this time do you have to do an uphill sprint on the sand Right, like? yeah,
2: they've got it where yeah, you, you run along the sand and it sort of goes up onto a concrete thing, it's not that high, but it's still you know, after 13 14 hours, you sort of uh, last thing you want to do is go up we we hill to finish, but uh, oh. that's nice to get there, I tell you.
0: Maybe we should try and do something like this, Tom, because um, me and Tom had this. Tom's a bit of a runner, he fancies himself as a runner, so we had a running race. Tom beat me, put me away quite comfortably, and then we obviously <laughs> had a, mount, a mountain, uh a race up a mountain in France, which, yeah. Obviously... Went less
1: well for me, Richie. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. can imagine.
0: So uh, we need a decider. Maybe this could be the grand finale, Tom. That would be yeah, some... Uh...
1: I like it. I thought you were going to suggest working as a team, but I think that the issue we'd have is that you would disappear <laughs> in the distance as soon as wheels were involved.
0: Yeah, yeah quite possibly, yeah. but it still be good fun.
2: <laughs> be interesting to, in the kayak going down the Big Rapids. That might sort you out. That, that can be a leveller.
0: Wow yeah so how does that work then is it as you said it's just a compass and a a map and you just got it Co- coast to coast is uh no nah, it's
2: a set oh, right and okay everyone knows it but the adventure racing you don't know the course until the night before and they give you all the maps and you're not meant to use any technology and no you, you don't but navigating at night and river valleys that you've never been before and down on the west coast of new zealand uh with a map and compass wondering which valley you're in it's uh pretty it's pretty intimidating yeah and especially when you're tired you know you sort of okay god where are we (laughs) it's not a nice feeling i tell you
0: (laughs) i'd love to do some of that actually we we gotta do that there's any of the other so the guys you used to play with what sort of things are they doing now then are they all into some sort of mad
2: nah not too many do that sort of stuff conrad smith does quite a lot of road cycling His, his brother uh lost a leg and he got right into the Para. I think he might have okay. even qualified for the Commonwealth Games and the Para uh, Commonwealth Games uh, as a road cyclist. Um, so he does quite a bit. The only other one that does a wee bit I've seen is Kieran Reid. He da- does a not quite as extreme the long, long ones, but there's races similar that are 24 hours or 12 to 14, 24 hours. He does a few of those. Uh, and he's ended up, like I saw him the other day, he'd lost, uh, he's about the same size as me when I was playing at 108 odd kilos. <laughs> He looked at about ninety five the other day. Did he? You'd <laughs> hardly recognise him as a rugby player.
0: That's one thing I was going to say. You know, after this ride we did um, in Monica I posted on social media. Within, well, when I woke up in the morning, I had Shane Williams and George North messaging me. How was he? Was was he any good? <laughs> 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 so They're all still competitive. Like uh, never lose that dear.
2: No, you don't. it's always interesting to see what everyone else is doing, especially when you're finished. I think when you're playing, you know each other, but you're um, perhaps on a different level. But it's once you're finished and you get rid of that sort of, maybe you're going to be having a crack at you next week. Uh, yeah, I've got a lot of guys later. you are really interested to see what everyone's up to and how they're, how they're going. There's a there's a the guys in South Africa, John Smith and uh, those guys. They. They've done the Cape Epic a few times, uh, that mountain Mm. bike race, and they keep asking when I'm going over to do that. So one day, but, you know, those guys are into that sort of stuff, which is quite cool.
0: Yeah, because obviously retirement for me is, I wouldn't say around the corner, but, you know, it's it's a lot closer now than it was when I was 20 anyway, put it that way. Yeah, yeah. So um, how was that when it, because a a lot of the guys – like close mates of mine that have stopped her seem to be super busy that first year and then it sort of settles down a bit and then they sort of get into like the whole shit yeah, I am actually stopped now. Like what am I gonna do? Did you struggle at all with that or?
2: Uh I didn't initially, no. I um I I guess I was lucky. Um computer sound rugby players, I got to decide when, uh, so I could you know, I didn't get necessarily get dropped. Um and injury didn't stop me from playing, so I I kind of got to make the choice myself, Um, and I'd I'd kind of done the things I wanted to. There wasn't anything sitting there burning going, oh, I didn't get a chance to do this or that, or, you know, so I was was probably lucky in that regard, Um, but someone, you know, how do you find the right time? Someone said to me, you'd finished, said, oh, you'll know when that, you know, flame starts to flicker or goes out, and no matter how much you try, it won't come back, and hadn't yet but I knew it wasn't probably that far away because it was getting harder to tr- train like I needed to and it's ironic because I probably train more physically now than I used to but just the the, the constant, uh, you know, you go from game and recover and do it again, you know, the physical side is m- as well as the, you know, fitness and all that stuff so you, I kind of knew that was getting harder and it was a natural end but as I said before, I knew I needed something to fill that gap somehow and the team aspect for us was a big one, and that's where, obviously, the adventure racing, you know, you're in a team of four, so is it that replaced that a little bit, but it was that anticipation. Like, I wasn't going to miss the game, but I was going to miss the hype and the excitement and the build-up and all that sort of stuff. And I think that's where kind of the, um you know, doing something completely out of my comfort zone, not knowing whether I was even going to finish, let alone do any good, uh kind of replaced it a little bit and and the other one I had an opportunity at the at that time to I'd done my um, license helicopter license and I'd sort of done all my exams for a commercial and I had an opportunity to buy into a business uh, here in Christchurch so I thought well all those things sort of lined up and you know it was a pretty steep learning curve in that regard but uh, it's something to go straight into and that so that sort of made it easy for a start, but still, I, I reckon it was a second year where you go, "Oh, I'm sort of working a um, a, a job nine to five that sort of's going to always be the same, but it's not because you know you're obviously flying things, you know, all those things. But it's it was just that's when reality started to smack you. You go, "Geez, yeah. how good being a professional sportsman was, and all the opportunities and that you got." And it's gone, you know, and it's sort of like, oh. And I think that's when it sort of hit me. And you're right; so you're right. It was a year or so later that you're like, okay. Um, not that I wanted to go back to it. It was just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I kind of miss it. Um, but I think the people I see that struggle a bit are looking over their shoulder more at what they're missing out on, rather than actually accepting that that was a good time and look at the memories. But actually, then look forward at the opportunities that are still there. And I guess I, I always. Consider myself lucky as because of the position that the All are in New Zealand, you know, opportunities pop up, and you know I'm lucky to still have um, some sponsors that have still, uh, you know, obviously think I add some value still, you know, even a few years later. So I, I guess those um, those type of things you just got to uh, remember you're lucky to do, to be able to have done what you've done,
0: and you know there are opportunities and excitement out there. Helicopter pilot, well oh, could have chosen in a bit less. I'm not, I'm not a fan of helicopters I'll be honest Tom you know
2: yeah, bad as you know I'm
0: not a fan of heights like <laughs> so oh man I went on a helicopter once in the Giro so um you know some of these grand tours you finish up random mountains and to get to the next hotel is like it take like two three hours so sometimes I put on a helicopter and we getting on this helicopter and it this looked like there was this big storm coming in. I was like, boys, I'm just going to go on the bus. You go on. <laughs> and everyone's talking me, talking me on. I was like, okay, okay. So I jump on this helicopter. We're going and then it starts getting a bit thing. And then the, the pilot's like speaking and doing this now. I was like, what's going on? What's going on? Anyway, I end up, we just turning around, going back, stopping. And we all to get on the bus anyway because it was too, he said it was too <laughs> risky to go and fly. So I was like, look, she listened to me from the start. but <laughs> yeah. oh." Not a fan. Not a fan.
1: How would you feel, G, about a glider? Do you fancy going in a glider? Ah, uh,
0: that's not too bad. Um, as I said before, skydive. I think I'd be more likely to do just because you can't see the rock you're going to hit. I've
2: done a skydive, but uh, that's jumping out of a perfectly good uh, airplane. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're more risk of the parachute not opening than an uh, airplane crashing. I would have thought.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm not doing that
1: either, Tom. Okay. <laughs> Richard, you've, um, you've done a lot of gliding, haven't you? South Island's a great place to do it from.
2: Yeah, I, um, my family, when I was growing up, were all uh, into gliding. We had a gliding club based on our farm. Um, and so my dad and uncles, they all flew. So I, I guess I grew up around that sort of stuff. And I kind of always wanted to do it myself. And um, But when I... Started playing professional rugby. I obviously started to earn some money so I could afford to learn to fly aeroplanes. So I did that first, and then got into the gliding. And um, I guess the gliding's that I see it as the sport element of flying. You know, you you take off and you sort of up there with the elements, trying to figure out, you know, what energies in the air to get places. And yeah, you can do long distances and go all day uh, without. Anything but the power of the atmosphere. And to me, that was, that's a real, it was a real sense of, uh, I guess, getting away from the the day to day of uh, professional rugby. You know, I'd, when I got some time out, I'd go and do that. Just completely different people, a different, completely different thing you'd talk about and, uh, you know, and amongst the mountains. Um, yeah,
0: it's pretty special. So uh, that was. So sorry, yeah. you, I, you, you just take off and, not, and just be like, oh, yeah, just use the elements I'm going to get somewhere. Yeah. What? What, if, what if there's bad elements? <laughs> well, How is that, like in those mountains and that, like you can't just land, can you?
2: Well, you can. There's. It's one of the great things about New Zealand is all our valleys have quite flat bottoms. and, and Okay, true, yeah. And they have, uh, you know, farms often have airstrips that they, you know, have aeroplanes and top dressings and stuff. So we always kind of fly knowing you've got somewhere with the height you've got to get, to somewhere to land that you can at least um, you know okay. get a tree from um, so that you know you think of the valleys say in the Alps and that which you know um, all the mountains are big and you know offer a lot of the same thing but any, any bit of flat land's got houses on it and stuff you know and and, Mm -hmm. you know so so that's the downside in places like uh, france and that where there is a lot of gliding is that there's not as many places to land so (laughs) but but you know there's gliders have done the length of new zealand um you know in 15 odd hours you know done two thousand two and a half thousand kilometers in a day it's pretty amazing
0: yeah that's one thing i've noticed tom since being in new zealand is the vastness of it like the there's not many people like we were stuck in a traffic jam of five cars at one stage um
1: it's <laughs> quite like, bad
0: uh, yeah. and they're all just like they they love their like what i would see as extreme sports and stuff you know like yeah it's a wild country and they all just embrace that it's it is great don't get me wrong but just jumping off stuff what, why why do you want to go jumping off <laughs> stuff that's- for It's it's
2: it's you guys that are the tourists that come over and get convinced to do that. That's that's the most the most Kiwis just stand and push you off, (laughs) don't (laughs)
0: they? Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, Yeah.
2: I think New Zealanders are sort of got a bit of that gene in them that you know give anything a crack and back themselves to do. And I guess quite a bit, especially the European influence. You know, big. Big decision to, you know, back in the 1800s or whenever to leave uh, the Northern Hemisphere, come down here and have to just figure out how to make things work with no support. I guess that that sort of attitude and drive and all that, you know, probably still filters through a bit.
1: There is so much riding, Richie, in New Zealand, isn't there? Particularly in South Island, where you're from. my memories of of riding a bike in New Zealand are that wherever you go you can either go road biking or there's there's trails there's flat trails like um, with the central Otago the old train line that you can do but then there's unbelievable downhill mountain biking as well it feels like whatever sort of cycling you're into in New Zealand you can do it
2: Yeah, um, we we are pretty lucky in that regard. Like the the mountain biking um, is in the last few years has certainly become a, a big thing, and and I think the e bikes has um, certainly opened it up to uh, people that would never normally do it. And and you're right the, the, it's got the they call it the rail trail for obvious reasons, but the one that goes from Central Otago pretty much to Dunedin is obviously for a railway track had to be reasonably flat, and you know that's a lot of people do that there's another one that goes from mount cook to the coast down through where i actually grew up which is um you know they do over three or four days five days then there's a few similar to that on the west coast and in the middle of north island and then like here in christchurch we've got the port hills and there's a um downhill mountain bike park uh that's got a gondola that takes you up there's a uh, just out of christchurch um there's a there's other mountain bike parks, all those sort of things, and then, you know, especially in the the flat plains of uh, Christchurch, there's so many roads you can ride on if you want a flat, you know, flat riding, and then, you know, down Queenstown Way, there's uh, plenty of hills you can find if you want to either be on mountain bike or road bike. So um, we are pretty blessed, and and also the the roads, uh, you know, I always worry. A lot of cars but compared to probably places in the world you know we're pretty lucky that you get into the back roads there's not too many so um
0: yeah there's always there's plenty plenty to do in that regard talking about cars and running through traffic that you you went in some of those roundabouts pretty hot when a car was quite close i was thinking oh but then, <laughs>
2: <laughs> just hold my hand but, up stop <laughs>
0: <laughs> i guess people aren't going to mess with you are they when they see uh, you on a bike
2: no they might they might just see this idiot big idiot and <laughs> uh, lycra push me out of the way <laughs>
0: Just uh, one of the like rugby sort of harking back to that. What was the best stadium you ever played in? I think G's fishing here,
1: Richie. I oh, know, I
2: oh, know, and I
1: and
2: I uh, <laughs> I get asked this quite a lot, and there's there's probably a couple for different reasons. Um, but the the one that's that was the toughest and. Uh, it was just an awesome place to play because of that was Ellis Park in uh, South Africa. Like playing South Africans in South Africa at Ellis Park, so at altitude, usually s- scorching hot day. The atmosphere there because the you know the South Africans love their rugby. It was just a really really tough place to to win and play. So I used to love that uh, cauldron, I guess. And then. Um, and, and I know you're probably fishing for this, but the <laughs> the stadium in Cardiff is a you know with the roof shut, and when the Welsh sing, and it, it's a hell of a place to play too. It's one of the one of my, my favourites. The um the best atmosphere I had there was probably the hardest game we played when I was first day as captain in two thousand and four, and there was one point in it, and I think the Welsh thought it was their day, and the singing was just unbelievable, and. I didn't really get to enjoy it because I was worried that we weren't gonna get the job done, but um it was uh yeah, that the atmosphere. I've never never had anything like it, you know, and the singing and all that sort of stuff. So
1: gee, how is um how is Wales, his recent record against New Zealand? Do you wanna remind us? What's happened since nineteen fifty three? Not really,
0: uh, sixty odd years, <laughs> isn't it? Six all that the football. <laughs> yeah, it's been close a few times, but we're saving ourselves with a big one this year. Tom, that's what it is. Yeah. Who's your money on for the World Cup then? It's it's got to be one of the most open ones.
2: Oh, I think you're right. I think there's um. You look at the maybe best eight teams in the world can all probably beat each other on a day. If they all play to their best, you might be able to sort of work out who should win. But you know, and the, and the thing with the World Cup is you got to do it three times in a row. You got to play, and if you get a team that's absolutely on their game and you're just a little bit off, well, it doesn't matter how good you are, you're going home, which we experienced. So it'll be interesting to see how many teams can actually get, that, get three big games in a row. Like, a lot of teams will be able to get up once. Can they do it three times? But, you know, I, I still, you know, I'm obviously very biased, but, you know, the All Blacks have got a show and perhaps having a bit of a tougher year last year uh, might just take the heat off them slightly. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how the French handle the home pressure, you know, and the expectation now. It's a bit like what the All Blacks were like in 2011, you know, having a team that's definitely good enough and people start to expect that they're good enough and you're playing at home, um, they can work and be good for you, but it also can work against you. So it would be really interesting to see how that goes. But, yeah, I, th- I think from a rugby point of view, if you uh, didn't have any loyalty anywhere, you'd look at it and go, man, that makes it exciting as
0: you just don't know. So Well, we'll have to uh, hook up because you're coming over for it, aren't you?
2: Hopefully going to spend a bit of time over there, uh, especially towards the business end. So uh, definitely, yeah. Yep, there'll be a bit of time in t- between games. I just hope the All Blacks are still still playing uh, in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I might be gone uh, finding something else to do for the last couple of weeks, I
0: think. <laughs> uh,
1: Garen, if you were going to take Richie for a ride, um, obviously the World Cup, rugby World Cup's in France this year. If you were going to take Richie for a couple of rides in, in France, where would you take him?
0: Oof. I think we'd have to go up some hills just to sort of like use my power to weight um, <laughs> to my advantage a bit. Um, but being October, it might not be the best thing for me either. Out of season, <laughs> out of shape. But um, I don't think
2: you're a problem,
0: mate. <laughs> <laughs> Alpe obviously would be. It'd have to go up there, wouldn't we? Could point yeah. at the corner. Where I've got my name on it and all that jazz. You know, big myself up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, even like the Madonna that we went up, just down in nice that's a cracking climb we use that in training a lot, so yeah. um yeah. It's just mm-hmm. a lot of good roads though. Yeah. To be no. fair, like most places, yeah, have like obviously Cardiff, like go for a good ride around Cardiff really. Yeah. if Road to Rua really reminded me of that. Do you know just dead rolling and Yep, yeah. Nice. Yeah.
2: Did you get wet in uh Rotorua?
0: Yeah. Oh, very much like <laughs>
2: Cardiff, then, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I shouldn't say Except that. Except
0: about 15 degrees warmer. Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Now I look forward to. Uh, there was one thing uh, I was thinking about getting over it when I'm over there for a bit to hopefully uh, get out on the road. So yeah.
1: Have you got climbs that you want to tick off, Richie? Are you are you into your cycling to that extent?
2: Uh, yeah. Well, a little bit. Yeah. Probably not as much as some people, but certainly the altitude is is uh, one that you know
0: obviously famous and keen to have a crack at it. Well yeah, I've actually got a book, Mountains Calling to G. You can buy it in all good bookstores. There you go.
1: It's very well written
0: that book, <laughs> Richie. <laughs>
2: uh, I was um I spent a wee bit of time in last year down in uh uh bus country down uh Bear and uh you know like beautiful place down there and stuff and obviously there'd be some good riding down around in the Pyrenees and around through there I'm sure. A
0: few vineyards a yeah. few stop-offs.
2: Can't, Someone was telling me about it. a marathon that they had done, but it was from one vineyard to another that um, <laughs> they had to stop and have, have a glass of wine in between and make it a long day, I'd suggest. <laughs>
1: that sounds tough. Are you a watcher, Richie, as well as well a as do when it comes to, to cycling, or do you just prefer to, to get out on the roads and pedal?
2: Probably more just get out the road and pedal, but I certainly uh, have started to take more notice. I think when you get into it a bit more and you start to, you know, Think think about different things and like Nathan who we went riding with the other day. He's very much he he well, he's up all night every night when the Tour de France and I'm watching you know and he'll sit on the bike watching for you know two or three hours and stuff you know maybe not quite that long but you know what I mean and um and I sort of you know he starts to talk about it and you sort of you start to pick up an interest and you know I was probably more you know watch a little bits of it but not actually sit down and be avid but you know so. There, and then you, I, I did a, um, there's a road race um, down in Wanaka, it's just around the lake, 100k, and uh, a couple of um, sort of professional, New Zealand professional sort of teams were, were riding in it, and uh, I didn't really realise who was who, really, I knew there was a few, and then you know, we'd, we'd done about 30k, and then they sort of, off they went, and I, I was really Really annoyed with myself, I couldn't uh, hang on. And then Nathan got dropped off as well. And then I was like, ah, you know, it's bloody annoying. And he goes, you do know that a couple of those guys ride in Europe and stuff like that, so your probably expectations were a little bit (laughs) out. I was like, oh, that makes sure we bit better. But um, so, you know, when you start doing all things like that, you start to work out who's who and, um, yeah.
0: There's quite a few um, Aussie uh, Aussie, uh, Kiwi pro guys actually around because most of the guys in the peloton I speak to, we're from one of the stops that I, we had in in New Zealand, actually. So I had a lot of yeah. good local tips and stuff. So that was handy. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I think you went for a ride with... Uh, yeah, Ruben. Yeah. Like, he's one of the better uh, New Zealand uh, riders around, isn't
0: he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's just turned pro this year. So, um, yeah, he's got a big, bright future in front of him. Yeah, there's not much of him, eh? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's in good shape already. He's telling me he's got... Yeah, he's been on some nutritional plan since november and he's the lightest he's ever been and stuff so now a big year big year in front of him so but anyway we won't keep you any longer thanks for your time really happy to get you on yeah no thank you and uh yeah i appreciate uh
2: meeting up the other day to have a ride it was uh yeah really enjoyed it
0: no worries thanks for the coffee pleasure i'll get you a beer in france Look forward to it
1: Gee, I am delighted to announce that we have got Momentus back on board as a sponsor for a Series 3 of the GTCC. Momentus, a little bit like you, G, are dedicated to optimising both the mind and body, and they're leading the way for high performance seekers at all levels. Right, so for those not familiar with Momentus, Gee, tell us all about their flagship product.
0: Yeah, so PR lotion is something I've used on my body for years, Tom. It basically delivers bicarb directly to your muscles via your skin and bypasses the gut, which I don't know if you have a drunk bicarb, Tom, but that's a big plus. The best time to use it, I find, is an hour and a half before your workout on Zwift or out on the road or whatever you're doing. And it's not too sticky either. It doesn't get stuck in your hairs if you've forgotten to shave,
1: and it definitely helps me train harder. All of this is true, G. It is actually scientifically proven to improve performance and decrease muscle soreness and helps you make all those training goals. If you want to get your hands on some PR Lotion, Momentus are giving GTCC members, that's you listening right now, yes you, 25% off. Give them the code G. Just head over to prlotion.com and
0: use the code GTCC2022 to get 25% off today.
1: Enjoy. Zwift are back for their third season, sponsoring the GTCC. Which means our Wednesday 6pm group rides continue.
0: Exactly. Just hop on your trainer, open up the Zwift app and join the group ride. You get to ride alongside us, all our club members and wear the in-game GTCC jersey. And if you're new to Zwift, just go to Zwift.com to start your free trial today. During this season of the pod, we're going to be walking you through all the new stuff we've been trying out on the app. Just think of us as your testing team. So, Chairman Tom,
1: what have you been trying this week? Well, Geraint Zwift are releasing a new map. And I know a lot of our GTCC members are going to be very excited by this because it's inspired by the city of Glasgow and the rolling countryside of Scotland. It's not a one-to-one replica of a real-world destination like some of Zwift's other maps for, I don't know, London and Paris, but it is basically a racer's playground. There's five routes and 58.5 kilometres of new tarmac and gravel as well for you all to go and enjoy, and we'll make sure to line it up for some GTCC group rides in March. Until then, you can ride the new routes or race them in the Ride Scotland events that are on the Zwift event calendar and even unlock a rather snazzy tartan-themed kit. Find out more, go to Zwift.com where you can start your free
0: 14-day trial or buy a Zwift hub.
1: Well, we hope you loved the episode and let's see if I can persuade G to team up with me for an epic challenge next winter in New Zealand. In the meantime, if you fancy getting access to even more bonus content, head over to patreon.com forward slash GTCC to sign up and become an official domestique and get all the extra content that comes with it. I'll be back again with G for another episode on Tuesday. We'll see you then. That was the Garrett Thomas Cycling Club. Thanks to club secretary Louise Gawilliam, heads of music Emma Hickman and Frank Beecher, head of social Archie Biltcliffe, and our honorary president Mike Carr. But most of all, thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next time. Ciao, ciao. Crowd Network, a place where you belong.